Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Integrity Matters by Turning In. With me in the house today is the Director, Teaching Innovation Unit, University of South Australia, Dr. Sheridan Gentili. Hi. Hello, Sheridan. Hi, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Um, as we start um, Integrity Matters by Turning In, we'd like to get a little bit about your background mm. and how your role influences um, learning and teaching, academic integrity, policies and procedures, and maybe talk a little bit about if and when your role has an impact on the type of technology that's used yeah. for learning and teaching at your university. Yeah. So I've been at the University of South Australia for quite some time now. I started as an academic and through there I became an academic integrity officer. Uh, so it's the model we have at UniSA, which is a distributed model where individual faculty or areas help um, provide the educative response and so approach to supporting students through those matters. And uh, I've always been, and through that role, became even more passionate about education and the role that education has on, for, for people and changing in their lives. And increasingly, the integrity side of, of how we manage things and good teaching and learning practices. Um, and so in 2017, I transitioned through to the Teaching Innovation Unit and in 2021 uh, was formally appointed as director of that unit. So in my capacity as director, we have um, oversight of the management of academic integrity for the university. Um, and we also help drive practices in good assessment design and use of technology in teaching and learning. So for me, marrying those two together is really important. Hmm, excellent. That sounds like you've got a lot of um, expertise if you've, you're pulling from the academic integrity um, experience as well as um, teaching and learning as well. Um, talking about assessment and mm -hmm. the need for meeting student learning outcomes. Can you talk to me about, uh, talk to us about um, your institution's overall strategy around assessment and how you um, ensure that students are meeting learning outcomes? Yeah, uh, this is a really exciting space and time for UniSA. In 2021, we launched a new teaching, learning and research strategy called the Academic Enterprise uh, Plan. And as part of that, we have a major project called the Authentic Assessment Project. And many universities have got that approach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've been working really hard over the last 12 months to uh, roll out uh, a def our, our internal definition around what authentic assessment means to us mm -hmm. and how we start to improve our understanding of what assessment practices are happening across the institution so we can help support our staff in really rethinking and reconceptualising their assessments and how they can make the most of technology where appropriate um, and other types of assessment practices. So when it comes to the core of what assessment is, and you know, this really hasn't shifted for time, um, you know, good assessment has to enable us to demonstrate the student has attained and can demonstrate those learning outcomes. Um, and so really ensuring that the assessment that we have for a student across all courses, they're valid, they're fair, they're reliable, and they're appropriate for all students in that space. Um, they promote academic integrity, and, and I don't necessarily mean that we're designing it to try and, you know, you know, get it out because yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. But it's around having those really important conversations and thinking about how we scaffold the learning. So understanding what we're trying to actually assess. Is it that written essay and it's that paragraph or actually are we assessing the process by which the student has engaged in the learning, which has come together in that final report? Mm. So understand what we're doing. So embedding those academic integrity um, principles through assessment design and then ensuring students get really good feedback because that helps form the evaluative judgment and that continuous improvement. Mm. So for us, that's at the core of what good assessment is. I think that sounds like a really good segue to get into my next question. Um, 
COVID has happened. Yeah, um, November, it's still happening. Yes, um, November 2022, we had ChatGPT. So we've got this new opportunity, I'll, I'll frame it, um, with AI. Now, how or what are your institution's priorities in terms of how you tackle this challenge? Um, and what does that mean for academic integrity? Yeah, um, so this is a new tool. <laughs> Mm. And I think if we think about it that way, we can have a far more measured response. Um, media has really sort of fueled a bit of panic and anxiety in people. So I think, you know, the first thing, um, given this point in time we're at now, is to really come back and say, and just remember, it's a tool. Mm. Um, it's a disruptive tool, but with disruption comes new approaches mm -hmm. uh, that can be and lead to some great opportunities. So in that teaching learning space, um, we're not, you know, a UniSA's position at this point in time is really not about banning tools if we're not having that approach. It's about really thinking about the assessment design, what we're trying to achieve, coming back to those core foundation principles around what good assessment is. And I think when you have really good um, academic integrity policies, which have got strong guiding principles, yeah. I think that's what's important. And so when we start thinking about that, it's around behaviour which is trustworthy, it's honest, it's fair, mm -hmm. um, all the things that we'd expect of our students and we'd expect of ourselves as professionals. Um, and so when you position it that way, it's around helping educate students to realise this is here. It's mm -hmm. not going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, you may want to use it for things in life and as a professional you may use it. So our responsibility as a teaching learning institution is to help students understand how they can use it responsibly and ethically as part of that learning journey and as part of the professional when they leave the university. Yeah. So not a direct answer there, but really it's about the underlying principles. Yeah, I think the, I think the core of it is there, which is we know the underlying principles um, or whatever we're doing in the learning and teaching space, we've got to think about academic integrity. So you've talk, you, I think that uh, that's very important. But I'm curious to, to learn from you. Um, I know you talked about it being an exciting space mm -hmm. right now. Um, are there any other sentiments besides the positive um, spin on where or, or how AI has been um, perceived? Uh, are there any other sentiments from the educators, students? Oh, look, in general terms, we see that in the media. There's, mm. you know, there's a sense of panic. There's a, it's, it's really associated with that unknown. Mm. Uh, people don't know what it can do. They don't understand it. And when we don't understand things, we get a bit anxious about it. So really, um, with all elements of it, it doesn't matter if we're in research, we're in teaching, learning, um, just our normal professional practice as, as an academic understand what it is, understand how it can be used, understand what is important in terms of how you operate as a professional, as a student, as a researcher, um, and make the right ethical judgments in how you move forward. Talking about understanding how it is used, yeah. um, let's let's do a, a backflip where we're, we're looking at the ed tech companies yeah. that are putting together this AI. What are your thoughts on how uh, ed tech companies can or might consider a positioning products like this with um, academic institutions? Yeah, if you're positioning it with an academic institution, I think um, really making sure, if, if we're talking about a tool that's in teaching and learning, and I think that's kind of what you're saying around potentially positioning academic institution, it's around um, 
teaching learning objectives and what you're trying to demonstrate. Um, I think there's um, the need really, if we're talking then specifically in the education space, it's around evidence-based. It's about testing, validating, working together. There's that ethical responsibility that comes with this type of work, whilst it can have some great advantages potentially in um, you know, an enrolment process of student retention uh, processes, etc. Recognising what it could mean um, in other areas, I think it's really important. Um, I think the equity is is one that needs to be seriously considered. I mean, at the moment, such tools can be accessed for free. Um, but we will get to a space very quickly where it's not because it's going to be monetised and people yep. see the value and they can make some money out of it. Mm. Now, the student who, let's just say, put aside my ethical views on uh, use, but let's say the student who can access it and uses it and they, they use it responsibly and it may be to generate some bullet points that help get their brain thinking about how to position a new argument and then they type a really great um, assessment piece if that's the type that's required. The student who actually can't pay for that licence to have that advantage, how is that, how's that fair? Yeah. So this now comes back again to their ethical responsibilities, mm. uh, but also thinking about the fairness of the assessment that's being developed. Mm. I do uh, like your point in terms of accessibility. That's something we need to consider. Um, but to your point, at some point, these things will be monetized. Um, AI is taking, or is taking several fa uh, shapes right now. We see it as assisting markers yep. in how they're marking. We see it assisting um, students with their work. I will also see it in the proctoring space. Mm -hmm. um, what, from your experience, um, what are some ethical um, concerns um, you may have or the institution may have with regards to pri privacy and confidentiality mm -hmm. and how are universities supporting um, assessment delivery, especially when students are offshore? Yeah. So uh, look, when COVID landed, mm -hmm. um, there was a very rapid shift to ensure that assessments could be delivered online. And one of those was the exam, mm -hmm. either offered as an open book type of assessment or a type of proctored or invigilated exam. Mm -hmm. um, and we saw really in the media over that period, um, some not great stories mm -hmm. um, that came about. And I think this comes back to, I think that previous question around ed tech and that ethical responsibility. Um, there was some behaviours that just weren't appropriate. Um, yeah. And that has created um, a bit of a, a legacy. Mm. And people remember that. People don't necessarily forget. So I think there's always this concern uh, for some, not for all, when they hear about a project exam, what they've heard and what they think that means in terms of reality. Mm. Um, so I think um, this really comes back to um, the companies that are offering the services their values, their morals, how they set up the, the people they employ even. Um, and then for an institution, if they're moving down that pathway, to make sure that those values align and they're picking the right companies to offer the right services to be able to support an assessment that needs to be offered in that type of modality. Hmm, nicely put. I think, I think that's one of the things um, everybody strives to do with even if it's an internet provider you're going for, uh, the watch you're wearing, or even the types of food you want to go, or even the clothing you wear is trying to, that values alignment yep. before you make the decision. Yep. So thanks for sharing that. Um, which is, from your 
um, current or uh, what you're seeing in, 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 in your institution, what types of assessments will be impacted with this influx of AI? Potentially anything. Anything, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can create, um, you know, art, uh, creative types of works, written assessments. Um, so, um, you know, we've, we've had for quite some time uh, software that can give you a full mathematical um, response with all the workings out. So I think the tools are just getting smarter, mm. <laughs> if you will. Um, the more we use them, the better they get. So every time someone generates a new response, they go, that's a great response. Yes, it learns. That's what they're about. Um, and so I think, you know, in reality at the moment, it's endless. Um, so um, really it comes back to, for me, we're really coming back to what is that process? What are we actually assessing? Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to all default down to the um, exam in an example where everyone's writing things. The other one that you know we hear a lot of in media is to default to an oral assessment, a reviver, mm. to as form of validation that that's the student who's doing it. Mm. But I think we do need to consider the fact that potentially your the assessment um, could be uh, completed through the support or use of technology, either wholly, or could be used to help support the students thinking in that pathway. For the latter. The question is, is that okay? Mm. And for the former, then really it's that good consideration around well, what's the learning pathway and what do I need to do as part of this to help me ensure and feel comfortable that the student has demonstrated the learning objectives for that course and that there's assurance that I can say, yes, we've passed. Because that's what ultimately, that's what our assessment is, is doing is to say, have I demonstrated those outcomes? The answer is yes, that means I can progress to the next level of learning and ultimately graduate. Mm. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Um, and so it comes a little bit back to, I guess, that old master apprentice type model where you're actually working through the, the, the growth journey of learning as opposed to that final exam piece all the way through. Great. Um, just for us, before we wrap up, yep. I've, got, I've got a statement that came out from Texa, I think it's a couple of months ago now. Right. Um, hear it. So Texa, and this is actually director Helen Gnil, mm -hmm. and, and it says, um, she says, while some institutions are banning AI through, through their institutional policies, which we've touched on a little bit, um, the long-term response to open source AI tools would need to be more sophisticated than just banning them. What are your thoughts on that? Mm. I think it's probably consistent with some of what we've already talked yeah. about. Um, I think we probably just need to have a pause because we're in, um, you know, we're in the early stages of this. It's really just exploded in the scene. There's, um, and it, comes back, I think, to one of your earlier questions. I don't think we yet know the full extent of what we're dealing with. Mm. <laughs> we're mm. really at the infancy in the grand scheme of things. So I think we can't just take a blanket ban. I agree with that statement. I do think we have to be sophisticated and really come back to our core principles around academic integrity and assessment practices and design, teaching, learning design. Uh, if we come back to those as we start to see things emerge and change and we understand the landscape we're working with, we can then start to shift. But as long as we're still true to our core principles, I think, I think we'll be okay. Perfect. That's a really good way to, to put a wrap to today's conversation. For those who are watching, we're speaking with Dr. Sheridan Gentili, who is the Director of Teaching Innovation Unit at the University of South Australia. I want to say a big thank you to Dr. Sheridan for your time today and sharing your insights. Thanks for having me.